You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors' sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello, hello, hello. Davey Portman here for postwrestling.com. We're up next. This is Deep Impact. We're back, John. We haven't done one of these for a long, long time. But yes, we're here to talk all about Impact Wrestling. I'm joined here by a Mr. John Ceno Evil. John, how are you today? I'm great, Davey. Uh, as I hear the weather coming down here, I know a lot of people are losing power tonight. There's storms everywhere. Uh, no Tony Storm, but um, hopefully everybody is safe. Um, my my wishes go out to the, I heard there was an altercation at the uh, Washington Nationals game in D.C., so hopefully everybody's okay. Um, but yeah, the culmination of this show, you started with the empty arena reports. You passed the baton to me. I started doing the reports, and now finally, after over a year and change, we finally have fans in the impact zone in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, and it's it's so good to have fans again. Sure, that this isn't the kind of attendance we've been seeing on AEW and uh, and SmackDown on Friday, but uh, we're still at the the Skyway Studios in Nashville, and to have fans back is such a good thing. We need it. It's professional wrestling. This is theater after all. And how hey. can you do theater without an audience? Come on, AEW, WWE. None of those shows had Sean Ross Sapp in the front row. How about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Sean Ross Sapp, who we're actually going to rely on a lot tonight, uh, especially for the end of the show. Um, but we'll get there later. But yes, we're here to talk all about Slammiversary. Uh, this is the show they've been hyping up just like last year. Who will be showing up? Um, last year, they went very heavy on the video packages, hyping up all the kind of recent released uh, superstars from WWE, Black Friday, if you will. And we went through the same thing again this year. So uh, what were your excitement levels going into this show? Kind of what what had you hooked? Was it the surprise it was surprises? Was it the matches announced? Uh, where were you on this? 
it was a little combination of both. I mean, the Ultimate X match, whenever that gets brought up, I always get excited, especially with the participants we had this year. Um, the main event, obviously, um, I was expecting it to be good with, with those two in there. And then obviously the surprises. And they did what I kind of expected. Like, I, I, I had a feeling they weren't going to go with the usual WWE releases. We weren't going to get Tucker. I'm sorry, a lot of people are disappointed we didn't get Tucker. <laughs> we didn't get Bo Dallas. But I had a feeling they were going to swerve us in a way and bring people from other promotions or people that we probably weren't thinking of. And that's exactly what they did tonight. So they totally delivered on that end. It's not just a retrend of last year. No offense to, you know, Eric Young and I forgot who else came in last year, but like those are kind of disappointing in a way. And then obviously going mm. into this year, when they first, first announced the return of this pay-per-view and the concept, they're going to do the same thing at that time. We still had Samoa Joe. We still had Andrade. So people were like, Oh my God, it's going to be crazy this year. But obviously as the weeks went on, we're like, okay, we don't have Joe anymore. We don't have Andrade. We might not be able to have the iconics now. So a lot of things I feel like were changed at the last minute, but I feel like they made some really good decisions for this show. I agree. Um, I, I'm starting off this show pretty positive. I know um, Rebellion, I think, was the last one we covered, right? Um, which was the uh, the Rich Swan-Kenny match. And yep. we were a little negative on that show. But overall, I had a really good evening tonight. And I'm I'm looking forward to, to break it all down. So, well, uh, how about you take it away? What What is it you say at the beginning of Shot in the Dark every week? Let's get right down to it. Let's get right down to it. Yes, we start with the pre-show. And uh, did you catch the pre-show for this, John? I did, actually. And I'm actually happy I did because, like, the first half hour of it was, like, the... Um, I forgot what they called it. Like, this is anniversary special that they showed, I think, after Impact last week. And it was really mm. well done. It was, like... Kind of like a documentary style history of TNA. If you had, if you never watched TNA before, you could have just watched this and be like, oh, my God, Sting was here. Kurt Angle was here. Just, like, the the importance of a lot of these debuts and stars that came out of here, like Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, it really made them feel like important and how like important it is for big names jumping over. So if you see this and you're like, okay, well, who the hell is going to jump over tonight? If all these guys jumped over and made a name for themselves, I love this, this, this um kickoff show and all the talking heads. You had like Tommy dreamer telling the story that like WWE, like told him he must watch impact to like scout the next Allen out there, things like that really made them feel important. Um, the story with Scott Demore having a conversation with Jeff Jarrett after working the, the shows in Australia, I think it was WWA, and saying he went there with one talent being Chris Saban, and now you see Chris Saban on the show tonight. Like a lot of things really stood out and resonated with me. I, I highly enjoyed this. Um, the first half of this kickoff for sure. I completely agree. I I was uh, cooking my dinner whilst watching this, and uh, it actually really uh, captivated me. And I. I think it achieved quite a few things, which was, A, it set up the idea of the surprises. And as you mentioned, people who've jumped ship before. Um, and B, it also, it put a lot of uh, good pressure on that main event uh, where you have this outsider holding the Impact title. And it was this whole idea of uh, the talking heads from all the Impact talent and the Impact office and how much they love this company and what it was with TNA, how how important it is for them to have this title come back home uh, to Impact. So I, I thought it was uh, well worth the watch, actually. And um, yeah, did a, did a really great job, I think, of selling the pay-per-view. And then we go into our first match of the evening, which was on the pre-show, which was Fire and Flavor defending the uh, Knockouts Tag Team Championship against Decay, the newly formed Havoc and Rosemary. 
And uh, this was kind of the first sign of like the crowd being there and what reactions we were going to get. And I thought Decay got a, a really great reaction from this crowd and especially Havoc. They they seem to really be into Havoc in this match. Um, Fire and Flavor, I, I was actually a little surprised because I thought they'd be a bit more over with this crowd, but they, they seemed a bit quiet. Uh, what were your thoughts on these reactions? Um, yeah, I don't think they were too quiet overall. Like definitely Rosemary and Havoc got the bigger pop out of the two teams. Um, but I think they were just happy to see wrestling. I mean, like you said, it was a smaller crowd than we've been accustomed to, but I feel like these were like the hardcore diehard fans. We had a lot of regulars that we saw in the crowd that we usually see at shows. So the, the energy was definitely there. Um, I'm just surprised. Well, not really surprised, but I feel like the reason the match got maybe pushed to the kickoff was because it might not have been the original idea for this show. I think maybe we could have got like a cameo from the Iconics if they were available, if this was on mm. the main show. Um, maybe even keep the titles on uh, Fire and Flavor because they were teasing a couple weeks ago to Scott Demore. They were teasing the fact that they don't have any competition. They want some more competition. And Scott would make something or a comment like, oh, we'll find you an, an iconic opponent, things like that. They had the whole thing with the Mickey James trash bag. So I feel like they might have been leading to something. And then for whatever reason, Maybe the Iconics couldn't make it. They had to change plans. And they had this whole storyline with James Mitchell reuniting Havoc and Rosemary. And they surprisingly put the titles on them. Um, I didn't really expect this. But uh, maybe, like I said, change of plans. But um, I know we spoke about this a little bit on the watch along. But I feel like they definitely need uh, some work done in the tag team division um, for the women's for sure. One team that stands out for me, and I always bring them up whenever women's tag team gets brought up. But um, the C-Stars. Ashley Vox and uh, Delmi Exo, who I've seen in AEW. They were recently at the MLW show. They need to sign this, the, these two sisters. They're amazing. They're probably one of the best women's tag teams out there. Did we see them on Impact briefly last year as well? They did, yeah. They showed up. They showed yeah. up at Impact. They showed up in the AEW uh, women's tournament. Like they, They've been around. They just never got their proper... Um, you know, spotlight or signage. I think it's only a matter of time. And this would definitely be the perfect spot for them in, in the Impact and Knockouts Tag Division. Yeah, Havoc, Havoc picked up the win for Decay by hitting the, the Tombstone. Um, but I, I'm completely with you. This this division feels pretty bare at the moment. You've got uh, you've got Jordan Grace and um, Rachel Ellering there, but it, it feels like they're setting up for a bit of a turn with Jordan Grace and them splitting off maybe into a singles thing. And Havoc, we've just had this whole run with Havoc and Nevaeh going for Fire and Flavor. And it's it's kind of just subbing uh, Rosemary for Nevaeh here. Um, but yeah, they, they definitely need to do some work with uh, bolstering this division. Uh, but I thought the match was okay. And it was, it was nice to see uh, them finally get a crowd again behind them. But where we go from here, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. We go into the pay-per-view proper, which starts with an opening video, which is showing uh, lots of classic TNA and Impact shots as Sammy Callahan is just chilling in Nashville, looking, uh, looking kind of pensive as he's ahead of his match. And there's these shots of Sammy kind of in his locker room, looking in a mirror as he's talking to himself and he sees his reflection in the mirror covered in blood, um, a kind of a premonition for what's going to be the no disqualification match tonight against Kenny. Uh, speaking of Kenny, he arrives to the arena uh, wearing a very nice shirt, uh, Don Callis sporting a, a fedora and glittery pink shoes, I think, <laughs> to match Tully Blanchard's jacket from uh, earlier this week. Um, 
both looking ridiculous, but uh, like an absolute star, Kenny Omega showing up here. And the first match of the pay-per-view is the X Division Championship uh, defended in the first Ultimate X match for, I believe, over two years. Um, this is Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, P.D. Williams, Rohit Raju, Chris Bay, and Josh Alexander. Now, uh, a lot of these guys have been kind of uh, battling for uh, the best part of a year now. Um, obviously, Chris Bay held the X Division title for a bit. Rohit held it for a little bit. Uh, Ace Austin held it too. Josh Alexander being the current champion. Uh, so it kind of made sense to have all eight of these guys um sorry, six of these guys in this match here. Um, and yeah, we're getting a return of the Ultimate X match. This was definitely the match I was most looking forward to on this card. And I thought it was a great decision to start the show with something hot like this. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And I'm happy that there was like no surprise um, participant in this match. It was all people that have busted around this entire pandemic era of impact all former champions all like this is like the future of impact and any one of these guys can be signed and be a star elsewhere i feel like um this is like the perfect choice to start the show all these competitors like i said were great uh all the gear was great they all had like their as you called it like their return to fans gear you had trey miguel and the awesome Maz morales into the spider-verse gear uh josh alexander looking sweet with a black red and gold like everybody was looking you could tell they were out here to put a put a show on Oh, yeah. Like, this was their WrestleMania gear for this match. Like, Chris Bay had this cool kind of mm. green, blue, yellow, yeah. and cow print gear. Uh, looked really cool. Um, Josh Alexander, definitely the most over guy in this match. Uh, huge walking weapon chance uh, to start things off. Um, right as the bell goes, Chris Bay goes for the title immediately. So if you're not familiar with an Ultimate X match... You've basically got scaffolding attached to the ring posts and then uh, two uh, two ring ropes uh, making an X hanging above the ring with the, the belt, uh, the title strapped to the middle of the X. So to win, you've got to scale the scaffolding and kind of climb across these ropes to grab the title. And Bay decides to go for it immediately, but uh, we're left with the baby faces of Trey, Petey Williams and Josh Alexander surrounding him. Um, the story has been Chris Bay. We haven't known where his allegiances lie. We've had the heels teaming up for the last few weeks, babyface teaming up, and Chris Bay's kind of been in the middle there. And it looked like he was going to join the babyface team on Thursday on Impact, but he then uh, kind of turned his back on them and said he he does things his own way. Well, now it's going to bite him in the ass because he's mm -hmm. climbing and he's been surrounded by these guys who pull him down. Uh, Alexander hits this beautiful-looking German suplex. Bay then leaps over P.D. Williams with a conhilo to Alexander on the floor. Then Trey follows up with a diving DDT to the floor. Um, there's Rohit Raju and Ace Austin fighting on the top rope. And Rohit pushes Ace off the turnbuckle, who turns it into a moonsault onto everyone on the floor. This looked great. And then Rohit does the first of many uh, quite silly spots in this <laughs> match. He goes under the ring and gets a rope to try and uh, like lasso the rope onto the X to sort of climb up like you're in 
like you're in gym class and you've got to yeah. the scale the rope to try and get the title. For me, this looked way harder than just climbing across the, the ropes that are already set up. You know what Rohit reminded me of? I just took my son to go see the new Space Jam movie. And, you know, Wiley Coyote always has the bag of tricks, like the acne bag. We just pull up right. tools to try to get the to try to get the road runner. That's what I feel like Rohit was doing here. He had like a the rope. Then later on, he brought in like this little like the hook, the one they use at the carnivals to get the prizes from the top shelf. Like he was trying all this stuff. And like you mentioned, it would have been just so much easier to just climb the thing and get the bell at this point. It was very time consuming as well. It would have been way quicker to just scale the ropes. Um Quick sidebar, Space Jam. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I don't think it's meant for me. Um, okay. The first one it wasn't a good movie. My son loved it. My son is a, a sucker for Easter eggs. There's a lot of great Easter eggs. Some Easter eggs that you would probably love as well. I don't want to spoil it, but there's definitely characters from franchises that you would appreciate. So that part of it was awesome, just seeing the random cameos and Easter eggs. The movie wasn't good. But then again, the first one wasn't either. So watch it on HBO Fair. Max for free if you have the chance. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, Trey tries to hit a, a Rana off of Rohit, who's on the top turnbuckle, uh, but Rohit actually holds on. So uh, Trey just kind of falls to the ground here, to the mat, and Rohit follows up with a spear to Chris Bay. Um, quite quite a cool spot. Uh, Trey looked like he took a bit of a nasty fall here. Uh, Rohit now goes to the outside and comes back with a a long... A long hook. Imagine the things you you have that at the fairground when you're trying to trying to hook a like a, a duck or something yep. to win a prize. This is what it looked like. <laughs> so he's now trying to hook the title off of the X, but to no avail. Uh, Rohit then gets a steel chair to stand on it to get a little closer as he's using the hook, and Trey hits a top rope missile drop kick, sending him flying off this chair. This looked pretty cool. Uh, Rohit then applies a crossface as PD Williams has locked in a sharpshooter. And then Josh Alexander, who's scaling the ropes to try and grab the title, dangles upside down to lock in an ankle lock to Chris Bay. So you have about four different submissions <laughs> going on here at the same time. And the visual of Josh Alexander hanging upside down with this ankle lock, this looked awesome. Oh, this uh, yeah, but sorry to just oh, cut yeah. you off, but like whenever they no, do spots like this, my, my first fear is like something's going to snap or they're going to fall off the thing. But when I, you see this visual, just like like you said, four or five guys all have submissions on and the upside down uh, Josh Alexander with the ankle lock. I, I've never seen anything like that before. That spot was just really like all in just to watch that. Yeah, definitely try and find the gift for this one. It, it was very cool. Uh, Rohit breaks this up by launching a steel chair right at alexander repeatedly until he falls off the x then austin comes in with a springboard head kick to rohit we get the art of finesse off of the top rope from bay to ace austin and then pd williams cleans up house with some canadian destroyers hits one to rohit one to trey and then most impressively you have chris bay in an electric chair on alexander's shoulders and then P.T. Williams, who's hanging on the ropes, the ropes above the ring, drops off and hits a Canadian destroyer off the shoulders of Josh Alexander to Bay. This was fucking insane and looked great. And I've retweeted it from the Up Next account. Give it a follow at Up Next Podcast. This looked nuts, John. Yeah, this was this was probably the craziest spot. Like I know I said the uh, upside down ankle lock, but this from like a wrestling standpoint, 
holy shit i've never seen anything like this before like you said electric chair tower of doom destroyer whatever you want to call it gift worthy these guys are here to to put a statement on impact and just wrestling in general if if you need to watch one match out of the show watch this match like this was just amazing and it puts all six of these guys on the map if you haven't heard of any of them before after watching this you're like holy crap who are these guys and how can i see more of them oh absolutely uh, then you have Josh Alexander, who comes in with uh, his um, Tiger Driver 98 uh, to, uh, I think it was Petey Williams, just absolutely spiking him here. And then Josh Alexander hits a superplex to Trey. And then you've got Chris Bay and Alexander both scaling the ropes. They're both fighting in the middle of the X. They're both trying to grab the title. They both get the title and start doing the, the tug of war spot. It's like Brock and Roman on the go home <laughs> show to WrestleMania. They're fighting over this title. As you see Ace Austin in the corner, climbing the turnbuckle and you think he's going to leap off and grab this thing. He tries, he leaps, but both Bay and Alexander lift the title up. So he goes crashing to the mat. And then Josh Alexander knocks Chris Bay off the X and retains his championship. Josh Alexander, still the X division champion in 15 minutes, 45 seconds. Uh, what an opener. This was fantastic, I thought. Yeah, this is definitely probably no question my match of the show. Like I said, if you need to watch one match out of the show, watch this for wrestling period it was just amazing all six of these guys busted their ass they all came ready they're all excited to be in front of fans they they looked amazing they they wrestled amazing i don't know what else to say about this match and my only thing is like i'm surprised alexander won um mm. i figured that he might lose and maybe start something with kenny omega but maybe that's down the line maybe he fights kenny as the x division champion maybe he goes through this incredible run and he's like listen I'm the X Division champion, but I should be world champion. And then maybe that's going to be the person that takes the title off of um, Kenny. And looking at the roster, there really isn't many people I would pick to beat Kenny. But Josh Alexander would be one of them. If they continue this way and his fan reaction continues, I can see Josh being the person to ultimately be crowned the impact savior. Yeah, I, I find it very interesting because I, I know when I was doing the show with Andrew Thompson, um, we questioned how Josh would fair as a baby face and it, it's it's pretty hard to gauge when you don't have fans and i i always enjoy his wrestling but to see the reaction he got here um he's very over as a baby face and would have a killer match against kenny so i would like that down the line i i assume watching this we're probably going to go the chris bay roots chris bay josh alexander in a bit of a singles feud um just the way uh, Chris Bay had a lot of focus going into this match and the final spot of them both fighting over the title. You could definitely have some heel logic from Bay trying to justify that he actually unstrapped that title first or something like that. So I can see that maybe being where this goes next, but uh, I'm with you. I want to see that Kenny Alexander match down the line. And the hey, crazy part about Josh Alexander is the fact that like he naturally got over like just by wrestling. Like he doesn't really cut yeah. promos. He had, I think, the Iron Man match with J uh, TJP really put him like on the map for people that weren't watching him before. He did cut a promo after saying pretty much how he's like the heart and soul of Impact. But like just by wrestling, this guy is getting over, which is amazing. Yeah, he's very much my style. It, it's very much what I enjoy, uh, and I, I think he's been great. But go out of your way to watch this match. This was a hell of an opener. Uh, all six guys really busting their asses here. 
and uh, some really creative spots, a lot of things I haven't really seen before. Um, so absolutely go and watch this one. We go backstage with Gia Miller, who's outside Kenny Omega's uh, locker room waiting for an interview when Don Callis comes out and he starts uh, moaning about Tommy Dreamer, who's taken his job. He repeats that real men don't quit. They get fired. Uh, and he said he's mad that Tommy Dreamer made this a no DQ match. Uh, he brings up Sammy smashing Eddie Edwards uh, face in with the baseball bat and says, in any other profession, this man would be in prison. He's a garbage wrestler, and I don't want to see the greatest wrestler be scarred by a piece of garbage. Don Callis then says that uh, from the time Kenny was a child to being the school quarterback, to drafted to the NHL, to being a wrestling god, Kenny will win this match tonight. And after this, his work will be complete. Um kind of sounded like Don Callis is maybe going away for a bit. Yeah, it's funny because, like, I, I wasn't sure, like, after the show ended, I'm like, I was trying to remember, like, did Don Callis said he'd be finished if they lose a the title? But no, now that you repeated it, he said that no matter what, his work is done here. Um, So, yeah, it seems like he might just be done with Impact, which makes sense because, you know, his EVP status is technically done. So maybe he is going to leave. But then, like, doesn't make sense to have Kenny on Impact without Don, I don't think. Yeah, but, but with the final, like, angle at the end there was no like indication nah. that callus is leaving so maybe yeah. a poor choice of words here but it, yeah. it did seem like he's maybe going to disappear for a bit i do know that we next go... time i get fired from a job i'm going to say real men don't quit they get fired that's gonna be my yes. go-to line to my <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go to our next match a mixed tag match uh do you want to take your victory lap now or after <laughs> on your left, Davey, as WH Park would say. I've been calling for this for so long now, ever since uh, Cardona and uh, and Tanil have been on the same show. I'm like, listen, they got to do an angle where his ex-girlfriend teams up with his ex-best friend, Brian Myers, and they beat him up. And then he's got to go get his current girlfriend, Chelsea Green. That's exactly what they did. They beat him up on. Once I saw it on the last Impact show, Tanil gave him the low blow. I'm like, oh, Chelsea's coming in. Chelsea's coming in. But there were still some doubts because we weren't sure what her status was with Ring of Honor. We heard that rumors that she might not be able to wrestle. We thought that she was going to be the one that fights Diana. So there was like definitely some doubt going into this. But um, once we heard those wedding bells, from the entrance we knew it was Chelsea Green, not Laurel Van Ness, which is her former name, but she's going by her real name, Chelsea Green. Yeah. So we got Brian Myers and Neil Dashwood taking on Matt Cardona with Chelsea Green. Um, we see Caleb who comes out wearing a, a suit with shorts <laughs> and this glittery red uh, vest that would uh, go very well with uh, Tully Blanchard's suit jacket and Don Callis's <laughs> shoes here. Um <laughs> You've got Matt Cardona wearing this kind of, uh, as you said in the watch alone, yeah. like Razor Ramonish blue, uh, sorry, purple and yellow gear with some tassels. But then once Chelsea Green comes out, he turns round and both are wearing half and half gear. So right. you've got red and black one side, and then the yellow and purple. They're matching. I I like when tag teams wear matching gear, and especially as a couple here, I thought they looked great. Um, you got a flatliner from Hawkins early in the match to Ryder on the m- ramp. Um, then you've got, uh, s- sorry, what is uh, Brian Myers's young boy, Sam? Sam Beal. Sam Beal. He's, yep. uh, he's at ringside as well and whacks Cardona in the face with these papers. And then Caleb gets in there to take a photo 
with uh, all the heels posing with a fallen uh, Matt Cardona here. We then get a lifted DDT from Myers for a two count. Myers then sets up for the roster cut, his lariat, but eats a spear from Cardona, who makes the hot tag to the hot mess, Chelsea Green. She comes in looking great. She's hitting clotheslines, a ripcord elbow to Tennille. And then Tennille is in the ring with Cardona, and she goes for a low blow, but it doesn't affect him at all. And he reaches down and reveals he's been wearing a cup. But not only is it a cup, it's this like bedazzled, bejeweled cup. I really and... wish there was an action figure. I wish he would have pulled out a Tennille action figure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that would have protected you too well. <laughs> so he starts shoving this in the face of Brian Myers. They spill to the outside. Cardona hits a topek on Hilo to Myers. Then back in the ring, Tennille tries to hit an unprettier of her own to Chelsea, but Chelsea slips out and hits a low blow to Tennille wearing her cast. So hurts even more, I guess. Uh, the referee didn't seem to care about this at all. Chelsea Green then follows up with the unprettier and uh, Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green win in six minutes, five seconds. Uh, after the match, he they kind of do the Macho Man and Elizabeth yeah. pose with Cardona lifting Chelsea Green on his shoulders. Um, I had fun with this match, John. Yeah, this was great. I mean, this made perfect sense. Like I said, it's it's your your ex best friend with your ex girlfriend, your current girlfriend. I'm happy that they were all able to, I guess, you know, work on the same page. It must be kind of hard to present that storyline. Like, hey, listen, your ex girlfriend's gonna be fighting your new girlfriend, but who doesn't want to see their their ex and their new girlfriend fight? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, let them fight, let them fight. But the match was great. Um, the the gear was great. Like the whole two face uh, hot mess split down the middle thing was cool. Even Caleb had like the, the Kodak logo in the back of his vest. Cause he's the one that takes the picture. So that was a cool little touch here. The gear was on point from everybody, but this match was, was good. Um, and I hope they stay together. I know that, that Chelsea hasn't committed to ring of honor. She she's teasing or she, I guess, committed to, to being in the tournament at least, but she didn't sign anywhere. So I would like to see this pair, you know, this pair stay together. Maybe Chelsea accompanies um, Cardona next Saturday against uh, Nick Gage in Atlantic city. Oh, geez. Yeah. No, I think she should stay far away from that match. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I haven't been too into the feud between Cardona and uh, and Myers, but this this was pretty enjoyable. And you got to look, I remember Zack Ryder getting low blowed by Eve Torres, costing him his WrestleMania moment, being thrown off a stage by Kane. Uh, the failed relationship with Tanil Dashwood and now finally he's getting pay-per-view wins with his fiance he's looking great like good for him uh yeah th this was fun stuff he had and I thought Chelsea old, looked really good here he had to find himself a good old Canadian girl that you know absolutely good for him next up we have W Morrissey the former big cast Colin Casty taking on Eddie Edwards um Morrissey had debuted at the last pay-per-view, I believe, was it? Or was it Rebellion? Yeah, around that time. Rebellion and is undefeated so far. He's just been killing guys, just steamrolling through everyone. And Eddie Edwards, always the kind of uh, defender of impact, the heart and soul of impact, is there to take him on. And 
you, you were explaining on the watch long, you write the reports for post wrestling for impact. Mm-hmm. Morrissey's main issue is that all his friends turn against him or something. Yeah. He pretty much say, said that like, you know, since he left WWE, he didn't say in those words, but he's like, people just turn their back on him. People that pretend they're your friends are not your real friends. There's no friends in the wrestling industry. So this whole feud with Eddie Edwards was based on the fact that he formed a friendship with Kojima. So he was like, he took him out because he's like, you can't be friends with Kojima. So he hates people who has friends, basically, because nobody wants to be his friend. Kind of weird, but um, that's the whole, uh, I guess, purpose of being here. Fair enough. Uh, talking of uh, gear, we've seen some fantastic gear tonight. Uh, will this <laughs> T-shirt W. Morrissey was sporting uh, be on your wish list? Uh, hard AF. It read. I don't know why that's like the new thing in wrestling. You had bitch AF from Moxie. I feel like somebody else must have used it somewhere. I don't know if it was one of the Usos. Somebody used AF somewhere. But the um, Bucks, his, didn't they have like the Christian AF or God yeah, AF? Jesus, I don't know, something like that. But yeah. his is hard AF, which I don't think I could possibly wear in public. I don't even feel comfortable wearing that in my house knowing I might pass a mirror. Um, but yeah, hard AF. Not No, I'm sorry, uh, W. Morrissey. You're going to have to try harder. No pun intended. He needs to form a tag tag team with Jake Hager because doesn't okay. he talk yeah. about being yeah, like being hard, hard yeah. AF as well? There yeah, you go. maybe he maybe he can make friends with him. Morrissey looks great though. I got to say he yeah. he's been away for a few years and he's come back looking in great shape and uh, and like good for him because uh, I know he had demons, if you will, uh, as we say in wrestling. But uh, he he did look really good. Uh, Morrissey shoves Edwards. We get this fall away slam from Morrissey and then a big boot knocking Edwards off the top rope to the floor. Uh, Edwards then catches Morrissey's leg and slams the knee against the ring post on the outside uh, to start to get a bit of advantage here. Um, w Morrissey then comes back with, it's almost like the uh, the sort of stomp that uh, Candice LeRae does where you hold both hands. Mm-hmm. and stomp to the face, but he's doing it to the chest here. And then he's doing these repeated, like, clubbing uh, fist punches to the heart of Eddie Edwards here. Uh, Eddie then counters and hits a vertical suplex, which is pretty impressive on a guy the size of Morrissey. Yeah. Uh, he's coming in with these chops. Eddie tries to hit a tope suicida, but then gets caught and choke slammed on the apron by Morrissey. Uh, Eddie then starts to come back with some punches and hits a blue thunder bomb, but then Morrissey pulls the ref in the way, allowing for a bit of a distraction and hits a big boot to Eddie, but only a two count. We then get a jackknife cover for a near fall from Edwards, the Boston knee party, but Morrissey falls to the outside. And as he's on the outside, he reaches into his boot and pulls out a chain and hits Eddie with a stiff right hand using the chain, follows up with the power bomb and picks up the win in 11 minutes. Uh, thoughts, yeah. John? This is probably like my only real low point on the show. If I could have switched matches, I would have put this on the kickoff and put the women's tag match in this spot instead. Um, this match, like, first of all, Morrissey shouldn't be winning with an illegal item. Number one. Number two, it took him like two minutes to even 
get the chain out of the thing, which is like, come on, just get to the point at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like Eddie Edwards just isn't the right opponent for him. He, or if he's going to find something like Eddie Edwards, you squash him. You win like in a minute. You don't have to go toe-to-toe with him. So like it wasn't the worst match. I just wasn't invested in it. I didn't really care for it. Um, Eddie Edwards needs to change it up. And recently I just saw Davey Richards return at MLW. And him and Edwards obviously have that great tag team with the American Wolves. I would put them back together if they're able to. Um, but this match just didn't do it for me. Um, I just hope. I don't know what else to do with Morrissey at this point. Do you bring Enzo in as a mouthpiece? Do you put him in the world title picture? Do you have him play someone like Josh Alexander? Like he has potential, obviously Morrissey to be one of the top stars there, but I feel like they don't really know what to do with him. Yeah. Th- this didn't do a whole lot for me, to be honest. Um, and actually seemed way longer than 11 minutes. It, it did seem to drag a bit. I'm with you. Uh, it should have been a squash. Uh, Morrissey hasn't been in the company too long. And I think it would have made more of a statement just kind of steamrolling Edwards here. Um, and I'm with you. I don't think, I know he's a heel, but I don't think this is the time for him to be using dirty tactics. He's a huge guy with big power moves. Um, later down the line, when you're in maybe some a title scene or something, yeah, sure, start doing some cheating. But I don't think it was really needed here. Um I don't really see what you do with either guy. I think as long as Kenny is champion, you're not going to have Morrissey anywhere near the title picture. I don't really see him in the, um, the X division. Certainly not. Um, So maybe a a tag team, if you do bring in Cass and I I'm with you, I I don't really know what you do with Eddie Edwards at this point either. Um, Maybe you could have him, face Kenny again, like on one of the impact plus pay-per-views or something to try and win it back for impact. Cause he's kind of Mr. Impact, but I feel he's just below that level now. Um, so yeah, I could have done without this match personally, but, um, it is what it is. Yep. We go backstage with Moose who says people make mistakes that lead to dreadful consequences. Driving down the highway at, ele- at a- 100 miles per hour with no seatbelt. Mistake. Going all in on a poker game when you've got to pay your mortgage in a few days. Mistake. Challenging me to a match at Slammiversary. Mistake. Your consequences, Sabin, are going to be worse than a car wreck. Worse than losing your mortgage. Because tonight you face Moose. Tonight, you face Mr. Impact Wrestling. Tonight, you face the wrestling god. Tonight, you face your consequences. Uh, I like Moose's promos. I like his kind of um, almost soft, quiet, but sinister promos. I, I think he's, he's someone who has really improved in all departments in the last couple of years. Um, and yeah, I, I thought I, I quite like this. Yeah, I think like the, the one thing that really came out of his feud with EC3 was like this, like you said, this real slow, methodical promo style that he's been doing. Uh, and I think it works for him for sure. Like this is a guy that's going to obviously kick your ass just by looking at him. But when he starts speaking to you in this manner, you're like, all right, this guy's real serious on some serious shit. So, I, yeah, I, I definitely like his, his whole style he has here. We have a vignette of someone who's painting on a, on a canvas and writing the words, long live the king, and then above king adds the word drama. 
and you got very excited here on the watch along john <laughs> what was the thing he used to do ate in english uh this was hum, great hum, hum. yeah i feel like somebody like was like hey uh uh scott demore's like hey can you give me a list of the april uh the april wwe releases and somebody went and printed april 2020 instead of april 2021 because between this and somebody we'll see later like these are people that got released last year that could have appeared at last year's slam anniversary so nobody expected this especially not me but um aiden english i think matt renhold is his real name he's going by drama king matt so this is interesting i know people were clamoring from to put him with uh rusev or miro in AEW at some point because he hasn't really been doing anything but um yeah why not put him in impact have him shine here he never really got his his due diligence i feel like he was part of the bald villains and then they split him up or whatever they didn't even split him up right they just released them and then simon gotch kind of went and did his own thing and now aiden english kind of has been doing indies here or there but he hasn't really showed up anywhere major um so yeah great bring him in bring him in bring in his wife too bring in uh raquel diaz the uh raquel diaz shout out was next she had she had on on up on uh, nxt but she had like a crazy like what I'm gonna do a makeover type gimmick where she would like yell at the mirror, bring her in. Why not? Um, but yeah, I'm actually excited for this. I'm excited to see how he looks. I haven't seen him in over two, like over over a year, right? Um, so yeah, I'm excited for this. Let's see what he can do. Let's see if he starts singing again, hopefully. Yeah, I'm just checking out his cage match now, and it looks like he's only had three matches since oh. um since WWE. Um all in Nowhere just major, right? Just indie stuff, yeah. Zelo Pro Wrestling and HLW Heroes and Legends Wrestling. Uh, yeah, so yeah, very like Indiana, Milwaukee. Um, his last match was in April of this year. Yeah, do- he when I forgot. I think it was after like this little Devolved Villains or right before he got released. I'm pretty sure they were using him on commentary for something. I don't know if it was like 205 or it something. It was 205 Live. And he actually wasn't that bad. So I don't know what their commentary situation is, but I wouldn't mind seeing him on commentary. That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if he comes in maybe more as a, a manager or a, or a commentator, uh, maybe instead of a wrestler. I, I don't know. Um, it's yeah. been a, I feel it's been a long time since I've seen Aiden English in a match. But interesting. Yeah, this was a bit left field. I don't think he'd have been on anyone's list of people to show up um, in, in Impact right now. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. And he, he's, he can be a pretty entertaining performer. So we'll see what he does in impact. Uh, we've got Gia Miller, who's at ringside with the impact super fan. And she's interviewing him when Shearer and Madman Fulton come out and they storm the ring and they want to match against each other. But Scott Demore comes out and says, Firstly, he's very excited to see fans back in the impact zone. And he tells Shira and Fulton that I know you're upset for being banned from ringside for the, ta- uh, for the X division match earlier, but I can see you're ready for action. And instead of having security remove you, I'm going to bring some guys out ready to fight. And that's when Finn Juice return to impact wrestling. Um, this was a very nothing match. There was a double flapjack to Fulton and then uh, Finjuice win in like a minute. What was it? A minute 15, Finjuice beat Shearer and Fulton. Um, I didn't think this was necessary at all, but I guess it was to set up for something that we won't see later in the night. 
Yeah, that's exactly probably the reason why. I'm not going to lie. Once I saw Aiden English, I'm like, who else are they going to get from the what's next 2014, 2015 pool? I'm like, are we going to see the Ascension? Are we going to see Authors of Pain? Because the way they hyped it up, like what Scott Demore even came out, right, to announce him, right? So I'm figuring it's going to be like a big tag team. Mm. It's Finn Juice, who we just saw last month. I mean, nothing against these guys, but it's not a big anniversary worthy surprise, I don't think. Um, especially in a spot like this, it didn't really make sense. And then to just kind of squash them. Like, okay. It's, I guess it's a way to reintroduce them for, like you said, for a spot we're not going to see. Um, but I was, you know, hoping for somebody else, but, um, yeah, I guess good to see Finn juice back here in impact. Absolutely. We go to our next match, which is Moose versus Sabin. Uh, Moose comes out wearing a silver and gold toga. Kind of he, uh, he Greek awesome. Roman feel yeah. here. Yeah, he, he looks like Hercules, like 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 not Disney's Hercules, but like Wayne Johnson Hercules. I don't know. He had like that definitely that Greek god style to him. I I love this gear. It was great. The the, the big thing in front of his his uh, <laughs> between his legs that said Moose. That was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he looked awesome here. He looks like a star, and the crowd were chanting along. They were getting into the Moose chants. Um, Sabin starts the match by hitting a load of dragon screws. We saw this on Thursday on Impact with uh, Sabin's game plan is just attack the leg, get the big man down. So he's hitting all these dragon screws. Moose then kicks Sabin to the outside. Uh, there's more attacking of the knee from Sabin. And then Sabin goes up, hits a top rope cross body, but Moose catches him. He goes for the running power slam, but Sabin slips out. We get a top rope Rana from Sabin and then the figure four applying more pressure to the knee. And then Moose comes back hitting this huge beal, just sending Sabin flying. And then on the outside, he tells the crowd to hush as he delivers a huge loud chop to the chest. He then tells them to hush again and hits another one and goes, you ask for this. And the crowd here are really into Moose. They're going crazy for this guy. And he goes for the third chop and then stops, turns around and flips off the crowd. Uh, this was great. Um, yeah. I don't know if this was a planned spot or on the fly because he was a heel and he was kind of getting a babyface reaction here. But this worked. This was very funny. Uh, Sabin then starts biting the fingers of Moose we get a choke slam from Moose, and then he follows up with a moonsault off the second rope, but misses. We get a crossbody from Sabin to the outside, followed by a diving tornado DDT, and then both are fighting on the top rope, and Moose hits a fallaway slam moonsault. We saw him do this against uh, Rich Swan, I believe. Is it, yep. Isn't it Bandido's finish, this move? Yeah, he does. That as well. Yeah. Yep. Looks great. A guy the size of Moose doing this like fallaway slam moonsault. Fantastic. But Sabin rolls to the outside and starts fighting back with these body shots, just punching Moose in the gut. Sabin then charges, but gets caught with a power bomb onto the apron. Sabin's head just goes bouncing off the bottom rope here. And then Moose picks him up and keeps swinging him against the barricade, slamming him around. And then... Back in the ring, Sabin manages to catch Moose with a victory roll and picks up the surprise win in just 12 minutes. Uh, this, I, I really enjoyed this. I, um, 
I've enjoyed a lot of Moose's matches against the smaller, quicker guys. I, I very much enjoyed his match with uh, with um, Rich Swan. I enjoyed his match with Kenny. And I thought this was another strong outing from both guys. And a bit of a surprise win here with Saban winning. Yeah, I know we kind of like, we teased the idea of possibly having Don Callis's guy, uh, Kenny Omega, fighting um, Scott DeMore's guy, which he said in the pre-show was Chris Saban. So maybe you can do that that match. It could be maybe the pay-per-view they got in a couple weeks, the homecoming show. That could be a good like one-off Impact Plus main event. Um, yeah, like Moose is great. Like he continues to improve against guys like Saban. The matches continue to impress. My only question is, like, I know that Moose was there's rumors of him possibly leaving, but now I think he did resign. Do you think that it it would have been a good idea for Moose to maybe move somewhere else? Because I feel like he's done pretty much everything in Impact. He's been the top guy. He's what else can you really do with him? His, you know, like I feel like I would like to see him somewhere else. It doesn't have to be WWE. It could be. AW, it could be New Japan. Like I feel like he would just I want to see like the next layer of Moose. And I think in order to see that, he would have to move somewhere else. I, I'm kind of with you. I mean, he hasn't been the champion at Impact yet. That is something kind of he can do, but we kind of gotta get through this Kenny thing first. Um yeah, as you said, he's resigned, but I think maybe have a little break. Like take have him off TV for a little bit because I don't really see what the immediate feud is for him. And you look up and down that that, that roster, he seems like one of the top guys. For me, he's he's the guy that feels like a big star. And yeah, who else is there for him to feud with really at this point? Um, I, I I have a feeling that he might be feuding against Morrissey. I feel like they're gonna go there, and I feel like that might not be a good matchup. No. No, I don't like that at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you could be right. Um, yeah, and I, I agree. I think Sabin Omega is something I definitely want to see. Uh, we kind of saw them interact a bit in those six-man tags uh, earlier on in the year. Um, but a singles match between those two could be could be really excellent. And um, yeah, Impact Plus, I think two weeks, is it the next one? Yeah, July yeah, book 31st. It. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. We go backstage to Decay. And Rosemary says, how fitting that we should shed blood to gain gold tonight. For family. Blood is family. Decay is family. They're a bit late on this family meme here, aren't they? Vin Diesel popped up and he's like, I'm part of Decay. (laughs) Yeah, that was so last week. Family. (laughs) And then she says, we set out to bring these home to the shadow tonight. And we always keep our promises Crazy Steve continues by saying, they say it's better to fade out than to go away, but everything is decay. Decay! Decay! <laughs> and they all laugh maniacally in their dark, smoky room. You forgot to quote Black Taurus. He went... <laughs> yeah. Hey, this, this we could lo- be flashbacks of like when you first started writing reports for Impact, you were probably like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, James Mitchell and Rosemary and Havoc and people were dying and transporting. And <laughs> it probably brought you back to those days. I'm pretty sure the first episode I watched and wrote a report on had the Rosemary. Sorry, it was, was it Sue Young and Havoc in a match? And they murdered James Mitchell <laughs> and then ended okay. up being transported to the desert. 
And I was so confused to go into that cold with no backstory. Now I'm like, okay, I get it. These people, I understand the dead realm, the un, the undead realm, is it? Undead realm, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get all that shit now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so new tag champions with decay. Yeah. We get a little uh, commercial here for Resurgence. The the this is the New Japan show, right? That's yeah, so on August 14th. New Japan. It's going to be at the Los Angeles Coliseum. Um, it's going to be the first, I guess, show in stateside with fans, and uh, it's going to be uh, Jay White against David Finley in the main event. I know Good Brothers are booked on it. John Moxley's booked on it, so they're going to treat it like an actual like pay per view from the New Japan strong side of it. So it should be good. It should be good. It's a pretty cool arena too, up in Los Angeles. Yeah, looking forward to this one. I, I'm definitely going to check this out. And I'm sure you're probably going to be writing a report, are you not? Probably. Yes, I probably yeah. will. <laughs> we go to our Impact Tag Team Championship match. Willie Mack and Rich Swan taking on the Good Brothers, taking on the champions, Violent by Design. And Fala Bar was meant to be teaming with TJP, who is out currently with an injury. So Fala Bar comes out with a mic and says that, Impact Management asked me if I could find a replacement for TJP. And I said, no, no, no way, Jose. (laughs) And out comes no way. Yes, not no way, Jose, just no way. He's got the conga line with the whole cast of Wrestle House. You've got Johnny Swinger, Johnny Bravo, uh, Alicia Edwards is there. Um, and they're, they're all conga lining down to the ring. Um, no way Jose back in kind of his original look, the green pants, the big kind of Afro hair rather than the braids that he had, uh, towards the end of his run. Um, but yeah, it, you, you kind of called this because, uh, Falabar's catchphrase is no, no, no. Uh, so you're a little ahead there. And also, they've been teasing it. It's been like a like a recurring joke, like in the backstage segments with like Tommy Dreamer and um, Scott Demore, where they're like they keep saying "No way, Jose!" and then Tommy Dreamer will pop in and be like, "Yeah, we still didn't sign that guy." And they just said it like this past episode too. So I'm like thinking, like, are they gonna bring him in? And after seeing Aiden in English, I'm like, yeah, maybe they're gonna get somebody else from last year's releases. But yeah, the whole follow ball, no, no, no thing um was amazing the only thing i would I, I wish that they were they would do is like he would come out and cut a promo saying you know I, i'm sick of waiting no way ping and that would have <laughs> been uh his new name but unfortunately no but it's okay me and way are gonna do see no waiting that's gonna be our our ship just to piss off um wh work oh yeah is that a thing now <laughs> yes we're okay. shipping he hates he hates shipping so everybody tweet your favorite shipping ideas to uh at wh work um, yeah, I didn't have much of a problem with this. I, I can see people kind of sneering at, oh, Impact bringing No Way Jose. But look, it was to be Falabar's partner. Um, and it's, fun. Where, it's, it's, it's your first show with fans. You got everybody dancing. And that was so absolutely. See, everybody loved it. Why not recreate it? He When he got released, he was like, I'm going to go through this gimmick change. I'm going to be a serious character with, with, with my, my hair down and braids. And it's like, no, don't do that. Like, embrace who you are. Be, be Jose. Be that that you know, don't be a, uh, a drug dealer like Wei Tang wants you to be. Be, be <laughs> dancing No Way Jose. So why not? And, you know, obviously the music isn't as catchy as he had it in WWE, but it's fun. It, it's not going to be your, your main eventer, but it's it's your fun segment with fans now. Yeah, like you're in there with Falabar. You know, it's it's you're not going to have a big, huge name taking that spot. Um, I, I was fine with this. Um, Joe Doring sporting questionable uh ring gear i would say i oh my god like 
Yeah, the, my first thought was, is he storming the Capitol? And then I just saw the new Purge movie, and there's guys like this, like, purging. So I'm just like, why are you wearing that? And, and please take it off. He's coming I, to I the ring that. with his, his Ted Mosby cowboy boots. And th- this guy's, like, seven foot tall. Th- this guy's <laughs> huge. He's wearing red Ted Mosby cowboy boots. He's got his Freddie Mercury mustache and then got a dead wolf on his head. Um, he looked yeah. ridiculous, was- absolutely ridiculous. But let's get to the match. Uh, <laughs> Jose and Rich Swan start. Um, Swan is going for his leg kicks, but Jose keeps sorry, no way keeps blocking them. And then they start to to dance a little bit as these kicks and blocks turn into a bit of a dance. Uh, Carl Anderson has enough of this, so tags himself in. Yeah, th- this is one of those tag matches where it's only two competitors at the same time and you can tag out to any team. Um, there's an assisted leg drop from Falabar and uh, No Way where Falabar lifts up uh, No Way into a leg drop on Anderson. Gallows comes in with a big roundhouse kick to Swan. There's a fallaway slam from Gallows to Swan. And then No Way comes in with a series of clotheslines. He hits this running hip toss neck breaker combo, followed by a flat liner. But Carl comes in with his double A style spine buster. Joe Doring then tags himself in to square off with Gallows. You've now got the two big men going at it. Uh, Fuller Bar catches Swan with a Samoan drop. And then Willie Mack comes in hitting a Samoan drop to Fuller Bar. Now, if you're familiar with Fala Bar, this ain't a small dude. So this was a pretty impressive spot here. Doring then hits a DVD where he holds onto the arm and follows up with the lariat to no way, but the pin gets broken up. And then Doring gets dragged off the apron, which distracts Rhino, who then gets hit by the gun stun from Carl Anderson, followed by the magic killer from the Good Brothers, who win the Impact World Tag Team Championship again in 10 minutes, 10 seconds. Thoughts, John? Yeah, I mean, this match was what it was. It was a little sloppy at times. I feel like like Joe Doring just seemed lost. Like, there was points where he just kind of would literally stand there and just turn, you know, like a little bit. Like, he didn't know what he was doing for the most part. Um, the match wasn't great. It was just a way to, I guess, put the titles on the Good Brothers. Maybe maybe No Way Jose was a last-minute replacement. They kind of had to refigure the match, and that's why it was a little bit sloppy. Um but yeah, the titles on the Good Brothers, I, I it's kind of weird. Like I feel like the only reason they put it on Violent by Design was to cash in Rhino's um Rhino's whatever that was called. Trophy. The, the tro- yeah, yeah, cool your tro- shot. Yeah. But now it's back on the Good Brothers. It makes sense. Have them with the young Bucks and Omega. They're gonna they have how many titles is that combined? Is that eight titles they have between those five guys? Yeah, right? Penny has four, Bucks have two. Oh, the, the Bucks as well, two. yeah. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's just another way to, I guess, literally carry titles everywhere it's gonna be ridiculous just to see them having all those titles um but yeah the match like i said it wasn't that good my only like real like question coming out of this is like does tjp get upset if i love when he comes back does he like want a few with jose is jose actually gonna stay it's just a one-time thing i don't know um and i'm i'm curious where tjp got hurt my 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 um my idea where he got hurt is at mlw they had a a 40-man royal rumble style match and there wasn't an elimination to like the 35th man. It was ridiculous. It was all these people in the ring at the same time. So I'm pretty sure TJP probably got hurt in that match because it was just craziness everywhere. Um, but that's like my only real question is like what happens with uh, No Way now coming out of this match. 
Yeah, I I thought this was the weakest match on the show. I really didn't like this. I thought it was a bit of a mess. Uh, I'm with you. Joe Doring looked completely lost. Um, I I wonder, like, I wonder if he, maybe he hasn't worked these kind of matches before because I can understand these being very confusing. There's a lot going on. You can tag out to any, if, like any team, um, but he at times was just stood there, like looking yeah. around, like what what what's, what am I doing next? When they first introduced um, Morrissey, it was he was like teaming up with Violent by Design, right? It was like he was taking some of yeah. the plays, like with Eric Young's place. Don't you think that Morrissey would be a better fit than Doring? If they need a big, tall guy in there, put Morrissey in there. He could definitely wrestle better. It might put him over having Eric Young speaking for him. But uh, Doring just doesn't do nothing for me. I know he has some sort of notoriety out of Ultra Japan Pro Wrestling, but I don't see it. I don't see what the big deal with him is at all. Oh, I, I've I seen none of it. I would take him out and I would put Morrissey in that spot. I mean, yeah, W. Morrissey in the spot instead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, violent by design don't do anything for me, full stop, really. Yeah. Um, but I also didn't think No Way looked too good in this. I thought he looked quite slow. Um, he's another was guy a little that sloppy. Hasn't he's another guy that hasn't really done anything. He probably has like a handful of matches on cage match since he got released as well. So maybe he just hasn't been in the ring in a while. Um, between him and Aiden English, they were two guys that like didn't really get picked up or do shows. So it could have been a last minute thing. It could have been like they gave him a call, like, "Hey, what are you doing? We've been having this joke about no way, Jose. Do you want to come in and just do this spot?" And maybe he just you know had to get back into the groove. Who knows? But he never really was like the best wrestler, was he? I mean, he was more just an act. Yeah, I mean, he he's just a gimmick. But um, I've seen him better than this for sure. His his last match in WWE was the thirteenth of April. Uh, on Monday Night Raw against Bobby Lashley, and he's worked two matches since then. Yeah, uh, one in August last year, teaming with Doc Gallows, and uh, one in uh, June this year. So he did look very rusty, but hopefully, hopefully, after over time, he might improve a bit. But definitely the low point of the show for me this tag match. But interesting putting the titles back on the Good Brothers. I think that's the right move. Um, I don't think like Violent by Design were doing anything with them really. Um, it elevates the title, I think, being on the Good Brothers. They feel like a main event act and you can showcase it on AEW as well. Um, I think this is the right move. We go to ringside where we see Alicia Zapitella from Invicta, who's the the champion at Invicta, the uh, the. Kind of, is it all women's MMA? Yeah, it's all women's MMA. Usually they air it like after impact on a, yeah. whatever channel they're on now. So yeah, it's cool. I get some cross promotion. Yeah. So she's there enjoying the show, uh, which leads us into our knockouts championship match. Diona Prazo defending the title against a mystery opponent. Uh, Diona comes out looking like the queen from Snow White, a uh, big like feathery black cape and, and uh like a black tiara and to my surprise her opponent thunder rosa uh great surprise here i this is not who i was expecting but uh very happy to see thunder rosa here yeah it's funny like right before the show like i kept my i kept thinking like bring people outside of wwe and i kept thinking bringing some somebody from AEW. i think i mentioned uh chris statlander i mentioned a couple other people but i didn't even think of thunder rosa because She's not really AW, she's like NWA. So I know like 
people were saying Mickey James, it could be a way to introduce this empower pay-per-view. And they did go that route, but I didn't expect Thunder Rosa to be the wrestler. And I didn't expect the result of this match either. Kind of surprising. Um, but yeah, that's great to see her there. She's never really been an impact before. She's done like maybe like a couple of those cross promotion type shows, but she's the first time her being on impact. First time she's fought Deanna Perrazzo as well. So that was a, a big get right there, but this is great. I love to see her. She's everywhere. She's on NWA, AEW now on impact. Um, great year for Thunder Rosa. Crowd definitely seemed happy with this surprise as well. Good reaction for Rosa here. Uh, you've even got dueling Thunder Rosa Virtuosa chants, which I quite like. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> uh, they lock up and there's a bit of chain wrestling to start the match. Uh, then gets a little bit heated as they start trash talking to each other. There's a moment where uh, Diona's like draped over the bottom rope and Thunder Rosa runs in with a drop kick to the back of the head. We then get the... Uh, like an elevated draping divorce court, the like arm breaker DDT from Diana off the ropes to Rosa. There's a missile drop kick from Rosa followed by a basement drop kick in the corner. And then Diana comes back with a side Russian leg sweep. No, 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 no. It's an Italian leg sweep. Italian, you know, got to represent the Euro champions. I'm sorry. I didn't. Uh, I'm uh... I'm still sore, Sino. I'm still sore. (laughs) Uh, okay. okay, a side Italian leg sweep into the <laughs> Fujiwara armbar, and then Diona's trying to get the second arm to apply the Venus de Milo, but Rosa counters this into a choke. We then get a top rope double stomp to the back of Diona from Rosa. We get a chop exchange. Perazzo hits a pump kick, and then Rosa goes for the Thunder Driver, but Diona counters to a victory roll for a two count and then out of nowhere Parazzo hits like a snap gotch pile driver and picks up the win really sudden finish here but i kind of liked it it just uh this you normally see the gotch where they sort of struggle to lift them up before dropping and this was a real kind of snap into the pile driver thought it looked great and was a great finish 10 minutes 30 seconds um, yeah, I could I could have done with more here. I think. Yeah, it definitely went. They could have definitely cut off what you said the tag match before. This was like ten minutes long. You could have cut that match down to like five six minutes to give this match more time for sure. Um, I was surprised. Like when she came out, my first thought was, yeah, obviously we see her in AEW, but she is an NWA talent, and they do have this uh, all women's pay per view coming out uh, August twenty eighth called Empower. So my first thought was, okay, Thunder Rosa is going to win the title here. And in order for Deanna to get her rematch, she has to show up at this pay-per-view. Um, that's not where they went. So the, the ending was a little surprising. I, I figured out they would want to put Thunder Rosa over, but I'm happy they didn't because one thing, the one like real negativity about this work relationship with AEW is that all their guys win and take all their titles. So, you know what? Good for Deanna. Good for Deanna retaining her title. Um, and then we're going to go into the post show, ang- the post match angle. We probably are going to get this match, obviously, at the NWA pay per view. But um, this was a really good surprise. I'm happy Thunder Rosa showed up. The crowd reaction, obviously, was great. Uh, and good to see her there. Yeah. Uh, good, good match between these two. Could have done a bit longer. And um, the way Impact does things, it, it very much just goes to the next segment and kind of Rosa lost yeah. very suddenly and then just disappeared and was very much an afterthought very quickly, which mm-hmm. was a bit of a negative, but the next moment was pretty cool. As Deanna's celebrating, some music hits, and out comes Mickey James, who Hardcore says... Hardcore country! Hardcore country, who says, it's great to be back in Impact. 
It's great to be back in front of a live audience. And since we're in Nashville, Tennessee, there's something we love. Hardcore country, as yeah. the commentators sing along with it. Um, <laughs> Diona gets the mic and says, the thing is, this is my moment and my knockouts division. Mickey James is like, hey, look, I'm not here to fight. She goes over all of Diona's accolades and says that she has mad respect for her. But you're looking at the VP of NWA Power, and I've come for the best of the best. And I'd like to invite you to come to NWA Empower. Is that the name of the, the paper? Empower, yep. Mm-hmm. Empower. And Diona says, well, of course you'd want me to be on your show. Every company wants me to be on their show. You talk about the respect you have for me, but you didn't let me have my moment. So grab your trash bag and get out of here. Great line. Awesome line. And Mickey didn't take too well to it because she slaps Diona across the face and then hits her with a, a kick to the head and to end the segment there. But... Yeah, pretty cool. Um, getting a bit of cross-promotion here. Uh, it, it makes sense. NWA are doing this all-women's pay-per-view. They don't have a huge female roster, so you no. probably do need to borrow some talent. And yeah, why not have uh, Deonna versus Mickey on that show for, for perhaps the Impact Championship? Yeah, I mean, first thing, like you mentioned, it sucks that they kind of like rush through segments. Like one second Thunder Rosa loses, the next second she's out of the ring. Like she's not even there. Which kind of makes sense in retrospect, because obviously by the end of the show, they were running out of time. So it looks like they had to kind of rush through segments here. Mm. Um, but it was cool to see Mickey James. Like, that was a rumor about who was actually going to wrestle. So she still was on the show. It was, still, it was like two surprises at the price of one, I guess you can say. Um, but as soon as they announced that pay-per-view at NWA, I thought the same thing, where they need to get outside talent. So I first thought of, like, AW people, knockouts for sure, and impact. So cool to see her here. Uh, and and Dickie Bird reminded me in the chat that she did say that she was not going to wrestle on this NWA show. She was only going to be like the executive producer. But judging by this segment, I want to see Mickey versus Deanna. I mean, they got physical. Mickey, Mickey kicked her in the head. Like, is she going to represent somebody to fight her at this point? The current NWA champion is Camille. I can't see Camille versus Deanna really being like a main event type match. But Mickey James versus Deanna would definitely be one of those. Oh, I think we're getting the match for sure. Yeah. If not... And that pay-per-view makes the most sense. Uh, we might see it on an Impact show, but yeah, I, I assume we're getting Deonna versus Mickey at that pay-per-view. Um, we get a commercial for Impact's next Impact Plus pay-per-view, which will be Homecoming on July the 31st. So just a couple of weeks before then, um, until then. And yeah, AEW are doing a Homecoming soon as well, are they not? Yeah, I think it's like the same week, like the same show. They're going back to Daly's Place, and now Impact is doing Homecoming. But like, are where are they going? Like, isn't Nashville their home? And then they announced something about a King and Queen like type of pageant events. Um, and then they also announced right after this the Bound for Glory show, right? So a lot of shows they got going. Yeah. Um, so the next commercial is for Bound for Glory, which looks like it's going to be in Vegas as uh, shots of casinos and everyone in there sparkly kind of vegas suits um but most interestingly is the graphics for AEW, triple a and new japan pro wrestling show up during this commercial so it looks like we're gonna have like a four company crossover thing for this show 
Yeah, that seemed awesome. I was kind of hoping that they would throw in NWA also after seeing the segment with Mickey James. You know, why not? Just have everybody but WWE at this point. Um, but yeah, this is great. A lot of people were, were loving this announcement. Obviously, with AAA and New Japan being on the same show is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, like I, I think people might read a little bit too much into this. Like it's not going to be like New Japan versus AAA. It's just going to be an impact pay-per-view that happens to have talent from all these other promotions. Uh, I want to see who they bring in from AAA. Do you bring in like a Vikingo? Do you bring in like Laredo Kid? Uh, I know that Diana has an upcoming match at Triple Mania against uh, Fabi Apache. So you could bring her in, maybe a rematch. Um, a lot of cool concepts. So, you know, first time matchups they can have here in October. These are all the titles that Kenny is holding yeah. as well. Yeah. So um, maybe he's got to defend all four in one night. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I could also see, as you said, maybe uh, Diana versus, um, yeah, maybe a rematch from AAA. Uh, yeah. But interesting. And according to Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful, who was at the event, I saw on his Twitter that the crowd went nuts for this, um, this kind of crossover idea. Uh, so yeah exciting stuff looking forward to that um all the way in october so still quite a few months away which is shows at least that this um this kind of relationship is is going to extend through to october so i guess kenny's going to be sticking around for a while longer yeah and i think october is much better weather to go to vegas than in august so uh who knows who knows it makes the trip so you're saying we're going to vegas we're saying. going to Vegas. We're, We're going, going to Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> we go to our main event of the evening for the Impact World Championship. Kenny Omega defending the title against Sammy Callahan in a no DQ match. You've got Don Callis who comes out getting you got fired chance. Kenny comes out slowly laying the AAA title, the AEW title and the TNA title on the floor as he walks to the ring holding the Impact Championship to chance of you suck. Uh, Sammy grabs a sign from ringside which says hashtag and new. I thought it said Andrew and was a bit confused <laughs> who Andrew was. Um, and the crowd are going pretty crazy for this. We're fucking up Sammy chance. Um, Don Callis grabs the mic as uh, David Pencer's making the, the kind of opening call. And Callis calls him slap nuts and tells him to go. Does his grand introduction for Kenny. Says, tonight you are graced with a man of so many world titles that we needed to get an 18-wheeler to transport them to Nashville. This man is a god of professional wrestling. The king of the death match. Tougher than Moxley. And most interestingly, tougher than Nick Gage. A Nick Gage name drop was not something I was expecting tonight. Is it something we should read into? Well, Nick Gage has responded to this. On has Twitter. he now? Okay, yes. what did he our, say? Our, our, our good friend, uh, Vicky Bird, has showed me. So next weekend, they're having this homecoming weekend pay-per-view where there's a show on Saturday and a show on Sunday. So Saturday, he's fighting Cardona. Sunday, he doesn't have a match. So he said, Omega... Tougher than Gage, Don Callis, what are you smoking, pal? You and Kenny are welcome to come and prove it, but you have to get in line, and the line starts this Saturday at Homecoming Weekend in Atlantic City. Saturday, Gage versus Cardona. Sunday, Gage versus Omega with three question marks. See you there. Three more question marks. So he's teasing it. I mean, you don't just throw a tease out that like that. I don't know. That's just, that's whew. Kenny Omega, an impromptu match next week in Atlantic City. Uh, I might have to start making my way over there right now if that's the case. 
Yeah, th- this could be this could be just callous. Like, obviously, we had the the Nick Gage documentary recently, and we're going into a no disqualification match here. So he's kind of, I don't know. Nick Gage is almost a bit of a buzzword these days, and we associate him with the crazy kind of uh, hardcore wrestling, which oh, which we're going to well, get into a more, bit. He needs more titles. Well, Mega needs more titles. He needs, he needs more titles. Title. Yeah. Nah, fuck it. Have Nick Gage beat him. <laughs> <laughs> And then he goes through the list, uh, Gotch, Hackenschmidt, Flair, et cetera, et cetera, and says that Kenny Omega is even better than the great Terry Funk. Mm, uh, what? It, low blow, cheap heat well, there. Well, the thing is, he usually does mention Funk anyway. He'll be like Vern Gagne, Greg Gagne, Gory Funk, Terry Funk. But obviously he paused at the Terry Funk because of the recent news of Terry. Um, so that was mm. cheap heat, but Don knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And Callahan knows what he's doing because he attacks Kenny from behind, jumping the bell. The bell rings and Callahan immediately hits his thumbs up, thumbs down pile driver for a great near fall right at the start of the match. Um, Sammy then grabs a steel chair and teases to hit Kenny on the back with it, but sets it up, sits down and applies a headlock, which was quite a funny little spot. (laughs) That was funny but to reveal that he's going to pull out a fork and he goes for the head, but Kenny escapes. And then Sammy comes back with a pizza cutter and starts carving Kenny's head with it. Looking at his reflection in the blade, he even licks the blood off the blade. And you then see Kenny is bleeding. He goes for the head again and slices it once again. And then Sammy pauses, turns to the crowd and shouts one more fucking time as he goes to use it once more on Kenny, but Kenny escapes to the outside. So Sammy teases Kenny's Terminator dive, goes to do it, but as he goes to hit a tope, he gets smashed in the head with a trash can lid by Omega. And now Kenny's bringing all the toys into the ring, baking trays, there's a wet floor sign, and he's just smashing Callahan over the head with all of these as Sammy, the entire time, is just flipping off Kenny Omega. Uh, Kenny sets up a trash can on the turnbuckle and goes for You Can't Escape, um, but grabs the, the, the trash can, and as he hits the moonsault, hits it to the ankle of Sammy Callahan. He then sets a chair up in the turnbuckle. Kenny sets up for the one-winged angel, but Sammy rolls through for a pin attempt, but gets kicked off, sending Callahan headfirst into the steel chair. Now Callahan is bleeding too, and Kenny grabs the fork from earlier and starts carving into the skull of Sammy Callahan. He then puts it in the mouth, fish-hooking Callahan, just like we saw Darby do to Paige on Wednesday. And we see a close-up. Kenny gets right into the camera as he shows the blood on the fork and even mocks kind of feeding the blood to the camera. There's then a table on the outside which is laid across Sammy as Kenny comes down with a double stomp. He then sets up the table and teases a snapdragon off the apron, but Sammy bites the hand of Omega to get free. They're now fighting both on top of the table, and Sammy grabs Kenny by the dick to escape and follows up with a pile driver 
through the table. There's then a sidewalk slam from uh, from Callahan onto Omega, onto the top of the trash can. Now, this isn't the trash can laid down. This is the trash can up. So it looks way more painful hitting this sidewalk slam. We then get a powerbomb through a wooden board that's set up in the corner, but Kenny kicks out. So Callahan goes to the outside. He needs to get meaner. So he grabs a steel chair wrapped in barbed wire. But Kenny is able to fight back and hits the Kataro Crusher onto the chair, followed by a powerbomb onto the chair, followed by a V-trigger. One, two, but Callahan reaches for the rope. Kenny picks him up, goes for the one-winged angel, but it's blocked. Sammy goes for his pile driver, but Kenny gets out of it and hits a tombstone onto the chair. Uh, this looked crazy, crazy spot here. Tombstone onto a barbed wire wrapped chair. And then Omega gets salt from ringside, throws it in the eyes of Callahan, blinding him. As Callahan's staggering around, he grabs Brian Hebner, thinking it's Omega, and hits the pile driver taking Hebner out of the match. Then Kenny comes in with the impact title, clocks Callahan over the head with it, and hits the thumbs up, thumbs down pile driver from Kenny, but Callahan kicks out. We now have another referee in the ring as um, Matt Stryker announces that because it's no DQ, all the referees are on deck and ready to come in, but Omega is mad that he kicked out. So wipes out the referee with some forearms. This allows for the good brothers to come out, but Chris Sabin and Eddie Edwards run out to fight them off. So perhaps a little tease of a, a tag team title match there. There's then a pa package pile driver from Callahan onto the title, and the ref, Brian Hebner, is slowly recovering, and slow counts one, two, but Omega kicks out. Callahan then goes and brings back in thumbtacks and puts them all over the ring. Don Callis is coming to try and get involved and distract. And Kenny picks up a bunch of thumbtacks, throws them in the face of Callahan, hits him with a V-trigger, and now digs his knee pad into all these thumbtacks and hits a thumbtack V-trigger but Callahan kicks out. Callahan's hulking up, but Omega puts a bunch of thumbtacks in his mouth, hits him with the V-trigger, hits him with the one-winged angel, and well, Sino, no one kicks out of the one-winged angel. And in 27 minutes, 45 seconds, Kenny Omega retains the Impact Championship. This match, a lot to digest here, but this match was great. I loved it. 27 minutes didn't even feel like that long, which is a good thing to me. It means that it flowed really well. Um, I'm not a big fan of like death matches, especially when it involves like a lot of blood, but this didn't bother me whatsoever. I think we don't see it too often in Impact. We rarely even see blood, and it makes sense to bring it back here with the fans. But this match was great. Like when I first heard the new no DQ stipulation, I'm like, okay, there's gonna be some some foolery going on, but there really wasn't. It was just a straight up hardcore match, which was great. Um, I might have to say this might i might have enjoyed this better than uh omega and moxley might have to go back and rewatch that match but i feel this match was probably better um 
Yeah, I had to go back and rewatch that match to to be sure about it. But like, I'm not a huge Sammy Callahan fan, but he really impressed me in this match, and everything about this match was was really good. Um, yeah, I just thumbs up for this. This this made the whole show worth it for me between this and the Ultimate X match alone. Yeah, I, I thought this was a excellent match. I think they really delivered on the violence without going too far. Like even the the pizza cutter, there, there wasn't stuff where I'm like when I'm watching some like GCW death matches where I am going like, uh, I don't think this is for me. This still felt like pro wrestling to me. Uh, it told a great nothing, story. Nothing from this match made you all uh, run and go crash in your bed like the Nick Gage documentary. No, exactly. Exactly <laughs> not. Um, yeah, I, I thought Callahan, who we've seen mainly as a heel for the last few years in Impact, played a really good baby face in this and was doing it for Impact um yeah this this really delivered and just showed how important a crowd is because we've seen them do some no dq matches and sure the the violence wasn't quite like this and we didn't have blood in these empty arena no dq matches but they were so boring because you'd have just have them brawl around ringside throwing into the the barricades and no one's there to react having a crowd there really adds to these kind of matches but both guys worked a really good match. I'm with you. It flew like 27 minutes, almost yep. ha- half an hour. It worked at such a great pace. Um, this might be my favorite Omega match in Impact. Yeah, hands down. I think so. And and Callahan's not one of my favorites. And I I really enjoyed this. I thought I thought this was an excellent main event. But that is not it, because after the match, as Kenny Omega is celebrating, the lights go out, the Bullet Club logo appears on the screen, and Jay White comes out holding the Never Open Weight Championship from New Japan. He comes into the ring. Kenny's looking a bit unsure. The Good Brothers and Don Callis are looking a bit unsure. They stare down each other, and the Good Brothers and Don put up the two sweet. Kenny is still looking a bit unsure. He's not putting up the two sweet. Jay White is stood there and impact goes off the air. (laughs) (laughs) We got to go. This was great. I mean, the Bullet Club logo popped up and it had like those neon lights. So my first thought was El Fantasma. I was like, "Eh, not really big of a surprise, but okay, that's cool because of the Bullet Club. But then Jay White came out. He's got the King Switch logo. And I was like, this is great. Exactly what I wanted. Again, another outside the box uh, surprise, which was great. Um, Yeah. And these two, I looked it up. They only had two matches before. And uh, Kenny won one. And then um, Jay White beat him for the the US title in New Japan. So this is going to be, this would be the third match if they do end up having it. this is a great surprise. I, I enjoyed this a lot. And I, I hope that this leads to maybe more people popping up. Gorillas of Destiny could come back maybe and do something with the Good Brothers. But I like this whole like um, leadership bullet club um, story they got going on here. Yeah, this this was a great surprise. And I thought, whereas last year I, I felt a bit underwhelmed with the surprises, yep. I thought they scattered them out really nicely throughout the night. And you had... Someone like a Thunder Rosa, I thought was a great surprise. And you knew you were going to get a good match there with Deonna. And saving the big one for the end, Jay White. He's a big deal. Like he's a former IWGP champion. He's the leader of the Bullet Club, Kenny's former faction. 
Um, this, I, I was not expecting this, and I thought this was a great move and has has me very interested to see where we're going from there. Apparently, after the show kind of ended abruptly, um, Finn Juice ran out and Jay White hit his, uh, what's he call it? Not the switchblade. What's he call his finisher? The Blade Runner? Mm-hmm. Uh, he hit it on Finley and uh, kind of Finn Juice left. So a, a, a bit odd. Um, it wasn't even... I assumed their time slot was until 11. It was about 5-2, 10-2 when the show ended. Um, but it definitely looked like there was more stuff we were meant to see. Uh, I don't know if Jay White eventually threw up the two sweet. I don't know what the deal there was. But a real shame because yeah. I thought I thought this was a pretty pretty good show. I enjoyed this. And it just impacts going to impact, I guess. Yeah, my... I mean, I, my first thought was, well, that was stupid. I did see like a glimpse of like David Finley. I'm like, well, who is that? Um, I think the reason for this maybe was because they want the last image to be Jay White and Kenny Omega. But then when they go to Impact on Thursday, they might show this whole thing. And that'll be like the way to set off like a, a Finley match or a Finn Juice match. You know what I mean? Like maybe they don't want the, the focus to be on Finn Juice, but they do want to show that footage at a later date to show up something else. Um and he was eyeing that that title, that, that never open away title. I mean, he has a title in every promotion except New Japan for this Battle for Glory show. And he kept eyeing the, the title. So maybe he wants to take that from Jay White. Um, but it looks like we're going to get this match. And most likely it's going to be at Bound for Glory. I think they can hold off a couple months for this match. Yeah, because I, I imagine you can, uh, you can do the story of is Jay White with Kenny to start with? Right. You can even have them maybe tag, tag team, for a yeah. little bit. Uh, tag teams that don't get along who'd have thought it um but yeah there's definitely story there to be told um there's a lot of history between them already um so yeah i think i think that sounds like a big main event for bound for glory kenny jay white i i'm i'm very much into that uh yeah good i'm i feel very positive about tonight apart from the w morrissey and the tag match i i i really enjoyed this show and delivered two excellent matches with the the opener and the main event there no it was a great show like you said the opener and the main event were matches of the night for sure and the way that they presented the surprises was so great because obviously they didn't want this stigma like last year of up oh, slammiversary it's going to be the show where we just use all the wwe releases and they strategically i think in a way promoted it that way like oh we're going to do the same thing as last year Ex- you know go look to see who got released so we're going to use them but no and what do they do instead they bring in people from aw people from nwa people from new japan pro wrestling which makes perfect sense after hearing this down for glory announcement to be using all these different promotions so i think that was great so now when slammiversary comes around next year they're going to be like well who's going to come in now because now you have already all these different ideas of different promotions that could come in for surprises they can just next year they might even have uh even bigger surprises you never know um but i, I thought the show was great i think there's gonna be a lot of buzz coming out of this show a lot of new japan fans a lot of jy fans bullet club fans are going to want to see this and you have all these different shows that hopefully they could all cross promote you got this you got you literally got triple mania um, New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgence, this NWA Empower show, and obviously the Impact shows that they they're, they're going to be all involved with each other one way or another with the talent. So hopefully they do a lot of cross promotion. AEW is literally the only one that doesn't roll with the promotion on these shows, and I feel like they they should at this point. They they have Kenny Omega there. Like, come on, like how can you not be promoting this guy fighting one of the biggest stars in New Japan right now? You have to promote this on the show. You have to have these guys show up on 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 Dynamite. I feel like a Jay White, they would. Um, but maybe like a rich swan. No, it's, uh, but yeah, it, 
it would be nice to see a little bit more from the AEW end. But uh, yeah, definitely has my interest. Um, looking forward to all these shows coming up and all these cross promotions. Uh, and I'm sure you'll be talking about a lot of it on both Shot in the Dark and your report. So yeah, before we sign sure. off tonight, tell us what you've got going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to think Impact as like the perfect promotional tool for both my reports and Shot in the Dark because I will update you guys on what happens with NWA. Will Deanna Peraza show up? Find out on Shot in the Dark. Uh, what will Jay White do? Find out on the Impact reports. And obviously, I'm covering all these other shows. MLW should be back soon as well with their weekly shows. I'll be talking about that as well. Uh, AEW is on the road now, so their shows are special now. Um, I was hoping to talk about Dragonov and Walter, as that was my match of the year last year, but unfortunately, part mm. two is not happening whatsoever, just for now, but hopefully it will soon. Um, so yeah, Shot in the Dark every Wednesday, and obviously in my reports, I'll be covering all these shows, New Japan Resurgence, um, not sure about Triple Mania, but I'll definitely be watching that as well, and uh, all these other shows that you don't have time to watch, I will and talk about it in 15 minutes or less. Lovely, and where can we find you, John? Hey, Matt, CinoEvil, C-N-O-E-V-I-L. Uh, catch me on the Facebook page, making inappropriate memes. Uh, catch me on Twitter, commenting on my uh, my theories of wrestling and just news and uh, Instagram everywhere. Same handle, C-N-O-E-V-I-L. Well, there you have it. And you can find me at Davey Portman and obviously subscribe at Up Next Podcast on Twitter and Instagram and join that Facebook group. Uh, Braden and I have a lot going on. Um, we've been celebrating Shark Week. We're coming to the end of Shark Week. So I do have to finish the show with a little shark fact. Sino, did you know that sharks don't have bones? Get the fuck out of here. Are you serious? No bones in their body. What about their teeth? That's not bones? Apparently teeth aren't bones. Yeah. Huh. Um, so check out our Deep Blue Sea review and our best match ever, Shark Cage match they're all on the patreon patreon.com slash up next um next week we're going to be talking about Watchmen, the Zack snyder film uh, based on the on the graphic no- novel we'll be joined with scrump from pwt cast to talk all about Watchmen, as well as another classic episode of nxt as we're uh we've just finished the cassius ono um william regal feud we've got a match between i think it's Corey graves and seth rollins coming up or we've just talked about that one but it's a lot going on in nxt in 2013 and of course listen to us every tuesday for up next where we review nxt and every wednesday for bd elite talking about aew we go live on twitch 10 15 eastern after those shows and it's a double pay-per-view weekend because i'll be back tomorrow with some world champion patrons uh, to talk all about money in the bank. You can join us here for our live watch along of that, plus our post show, which we'll upload later on the Patreon. So much going on at Davey Portman, at The Brady. Yeah, give Braden a follow as well. And at Up yeah, Next Podcast. You, you might you might want to tell Braden to put on some sunscreen lotion because it is an Up Next summer. And what happens in the summer? You got to watch out for the heat and where there's heat there's fire oh yes go listen to our bde in the bank special surprise show as part of our top five money in the bank moments um a lot of exciting things coming up in the up next universe uh but that brings us to a close tonight we had a lovely evening 
tonight. Awesome pay-per-view. Had good fun. Great chatting to you as always, John. Thank you for hopping on here with me. And we'll sign off now. So take care. Be safe. Ahoy! powerhouse you host the dinners shovel neighbors sidewalks and make everything from scratch you definitely don't need help making the holidays happen but duncan's holiday blend coffee a warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt especially the hot caffeinated kind america runs on duncan present participation may vary limited time offer terms apply Hey there, BreezeLine has a holiday gift just for you. One month of free internet for all your family's gift sites, book flights, and movie nights. Get reliable, fast internet with speeds starting at 100 megabits per second for just $19.99 a month. Plus, free Wi-Fi your way home for the first 12 months. And your first month is free. BreezeLine wishes you all a happy and bright holiday season. If only they could give you a little holiday relief from all the matching family outfits. Service subject to availability. New residential customers in select areas only. Visit BreezeLine.com for complete offer details.